This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. I hope people aren't going to be too hung up on the final results and instead just look at how good Miguel Yohure looked in his first big league start Wednesday. Give me more of that. Give the Pirates more of that. Good morning and welcome to the podcast to be named later here on DK Sports Radio. My name is Alex Stumpf. I'm flying solo today. Miguel Yohure has finally made his first Major League start. He had a couple appearances at the end of last year with the Yankees in relief. This was his first start. And yeah, he got he got roughed up a little bit at times. Four runs in four and a third innings. Not the sexiest line ever. Four strikeouts, that's nice. Two walks, four hits. The two homers, I think, is going to really stick out to a couple people, but it it really doesn't matter. For something like this, look at the results. Look at how that curveball played. Look at how the changeup played. Like, in, whenever the trade was made, like the cutter and slider were the two pitches that I, I really focused in on. But he said in spring that he really liked where his curveball was at. And I personally really liked where the changeup was at. You know, it looked like he was doing a better job throwing it to his hand side, getting that inside strike to right-handers. Well, well, mostly to left-handers, but, you know, have it be away from them. Nothing that really cuts over the heart of the plate that could really be, you know, a potential damage pitch. Just minimizing the risk that comes with the pitch. I thought he did a very good job with that. And you know what? Both of those pitches were dangerous. I mean, my goodness. Four strikeouts, but some of them were just absolutely nasty. Stuff, bottom of the zone. Good, good approach. Yeah, he gave up a couple homers. I'm really not worried about that. Overall, I'm, I'm not going to say that, you know, Miguel Yajuri just broke onto the scene and everything, but first start impression, it, it left a good taste in the mouth. If you were excited for Miguel Yajuri, unless you just had astronomical expectations that this guy was just going to come in and be a savior immediately, I don't think anyone built him as such, just as like, hey, this is a guy who could be a real part of this rotation for years and years to come. 
I think whenever you take all that in consideration for, what, a 22-year-old, good first start. It's not official yet, but he, he's there's a decent chance he's not going to be up here for long. I mean, he was a 27th man. The Pirates could just go as simple as to option him to get back down to 26 tomorrow. Maybe they keep him around and, you know, just a little bit longer for the time being. Let him go through the major league motions. I want him in the rotation. I'm sorry. I, I, I want him in the rotation. And Trevor Cahill was a guy who was brought in because Charrington said he wanted six starters on the roster. And the way I personally interpreted that whenever Charrington said it was, I want to have six major league starters and Cahill is the sixth. What it's turned out to be is, I wanted six major league starters and now that Brault is on the IL, I could go with five with, with Trevor Cahill. There are going to be times where there's just going to be a long stretch of games and you know what, Trevor Cahill, we're going to have a six-man rotation this this time through. There's going to be times where, you know, if, if we go a little further down the death chart, you need starters. Let's go with that. But I just don't like the idea of Trevor Cahill being the first guy up. I want to roll with Miguel Gehurry. That is the guy that the Pirates should be emphasizing right now. Even more so than Will Crow. Will Crow, I like as a pitcher also. I really liked what I saw from him out of Bradenton. But I'm not sure if, you know, Will Crow is going to be part of this rotation a couple years from now. Miguel Yohuri is. And he's major league ready. If he was a Yankee, he'd be in the rotation right now. He'd be in their rotation. And he can't usurp Trevor Cahill? I don't like that. I don't like that. And that's nothing against Cahill because guy was brought in to eat innings. It's not, he has no control what role that was going to be. And yeah, I'm sure he, he wants to be a starter. And in one of those starts, he did look pretty decent. But every, even in the Brewers start, he didn't give up a ton of hard contact in those early innings. He was blooped and bled more than anything. But here's, He's not part of the future plans. Yohuri is. And I I want Yohuri to be around Oscar Marine. I want Yohuri to have rough innings like he had in the fifth inning Wednesday. That's where he's going to learn. He's going to learn from that start. He's going to learn from that inning. Yeah, obviously you want the kid to succeed all the way through, never have those setbacks, but there are going to be setbacks. I want those setbacks to happen in the major leagues this year because that's the beauty of the 2021 Pittsburgh Pirates. They are free of the burden of expectation. This team quite literally started the year 7-9 and nine, and the discussion was, hey, they're not as bad as we thought they were. Like, that's that's where we are. Like they're on pace for 70, 71 wins. They're like, hey, that's better than expected. Yohure is a part of this team going forward. And if, and if he ends up getting clobbered, maybe not to the point where it's like detrimental to his, you know, self-conscious, or, you know, all that stuff right there, but learning experiences. Get better every day. This Pittsburgh Pirates team is not going to be measured 
at the end of the year, whenever we talk about if this was a successful year or not, it is not going to be measured based on the number of wins they have. It's going to be based on the players that actually matter. Did they get better or did they get worse? Like right now, Keller is in the worst camp. Hayes is hurt, so we can't really give an assessment on that. Reynolds, he's getting better. Moran, I Moran's kind of in that middle point of like, is he part of this team going forward? Is he going to be traded? He's definitely gotten better. So there are parts of this team that have gone well, that some that have gone not so well. That's just going to be the nature of, you know, having 26, you know, players suit up every game. I want your hurry to be one of those 26 because if you're going to lose 100, I, I don't see if the difference between losing 100 and 105 in the grand scheme of things. No one's going to really remember those five extra wins. There comes a point where it's like, you notice that whenever it's, 90 high 90s losses versus low 90s losses like there's a big difference between finishing 65 and 97 and 72 and 90 I feel like or 70 92 let's keep it at you know a nice even five games right there a good week trading in a bad week for a good week you remember that over the course of the season and you're like well they won 70 something last year you know maybe they could take another step this time you never hear that with the 60s and this team is not going to finish with the 71 wins or whatever they're at, 72, whatever their pace is right now. They are they're outperforming most likely their final projections for the year. It's not, again, it, it really doesn't matter. It's about individual performances and getting those guys better, and your hurry is one of them. Your hurry is one of the more important players, actually. Actually, with the exception of Mitch Keller, Yuhuri is the most important pitcher who is going to suit up for the Pirates this year. Relievers notwithstanding, because, I mean, that's a different case case in point. Like, David Bednar looks really good, but if he, you know, for whatever reason doesn't pan out, that the Pirates are out of reliever. You could find relievers. Like, it's a lot harder to find someone who has this middle front of the rotation potential, like a Keller, like a Yuhuri. You know, those guys that you could stick in the middle of pretty much any rotation a couple years from now. Yuhuri has that. He has it with breaking and stuff and good spin and good movement. Just the type of stuff that I really want Oscar to have his hands on the entire year. I want, at the end of the year, for Miguel Yuhuri to be this pitch-tunneling High fastball, 12-6 curveball throwing freak. Because I think he can do it. And I I really like Joel Hanrahan as a pitching coach. I think he's probably the best pitching coach the Pirates have in the minor league system right now. You know, at AAA. And this isn't a knock on him. I don't think your hurry's going to reach that potential in, in AAA in Indianapolis this year. Not against, you know... Anything of any of the Pirates coaching staff down there, he needs major league hitters, he needs major league facilities, he needs to be in the majors. It's time. Deal with service time and all the other stuff that comes along with it in 2026-2027. Cross that bridge whenever you get there.
worry about doing right by the player in this player-centric environment that they want to create. We're going to take a break. One player who didn't get better. The Pirates cut the cord with on Wednesday. A final look at Anthony Alford. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Getting ready to talk about Anthony Alford, I pulled up his slash line for the year. 0.083 slugging percentages. Just don't get things done, do they? That's that's not good. Welcome back to the podcast to be named later here on DK Sports Radio. My name is Alex Stumpf. The Anthony Alford experiment is over. There are going to be a lot of... There's going to be a little bit of fallout. Just in general, of like where different pieces land, where you know who plays where, what do you do in center field? What do you know? How does this new outfielder Tom that they got from the Athletics? How does that all go through? But I, I just want to focus a little bit on Anthony Alford here because I truly believed that Alford was going to find a gear this year. And I talked to a lot of smart people in the industry who thought that Anthony Alford was going to find a gear this year. And he didn't. We saw it in spring training. And he immediately just hit a wall once the regular season started. Like we could look at the we could look at the slash line and how anemic it was, but if you watch the at bats, how many times did he he looked so passive at the plate. He looked almost scared up there. Like, how many times did he look at strike three? How many times did he look at, you know, strike two? You know, on pitches that he should be offering at. Pitches that he should be fighting off. 
challenge. I, I don't know where this... I, I'm not going to pretend that Anthony Alford wasn't always, you know, a patient hitter. He always had a good eye for the strike zone and stuff like that. But it, it seemed like it, it just hit a different level where he was like my best chance of reaching on base is if this via walk. And that's not the Anthony Alford that I think anybody was really looking for or really expecting. Like the walk rate was good. I'll give him that. Look, you want to say anything you want to say anything you want about Anthony Alford. 13.8% walk rate. Yes, extremely small sample size. That's good. That is quite good. Wasn't worth it. It was not worth, you know, just being that passive and, and timid and everything at the plate. I am surprised the Pirates pulled the plug this early. Because... Going into spring training, he was the guy that they really thought was going to be the center fielder. Once Dustin Fowler fell on their lap, you know, it ended up being Goodwin, who was, you know, left out in the cold. And then after 29 plate appearances, I think it was, you know, they say, you know what, no no more Anthony Alford. We've seen what we need to see. Like Shelton and Eckstein were talking about him I, not that long ago, at some point last week, about like how do we get this guy, you know, into gear? They found some video. I, I, I assume they tried to implement some of that, and obviously didn't really work. Like, yeah, he he finally got a couple bloops to fall. That's not exactly the merit for keeping a guy. They just weren't good at bats at all. And I I don't know. I, I wrote that big mound visit, so I feel like I have some say here whenever I, I whenever I talk about Anthony Alford's swing. I watched a lot of video of that swing and how it's evolved. I've never seen him be that passive at the plate. That is a that was a brand new problem that I don't even think we saw in spring training. Maybe things would have been different if Shelton, you know, patted him on the shoulder after spring and said, "Hey, you're the guy. You've got the shot. Now go with it." Maybe he's a little more aggressive. Maybe he was just more afraid of making mistakes, knowing that if he did make a mistake, Dustin Fowler would take, you know, the next start. That, you know, maybe splitting starts so early in the season couldn't get into a group. There's a lot of stuff like this, but just the frankness of it all was Anthony Alford stunk this season. And that stinks because we, we can look at Phillip Evans and everything about this mindset that the Pirates have, about giving guys opportunities. If no one else besides Phillip Evans hits and Evans somehow keeps hitting the way that he has been hitting, that's worth it. There doesn't have to be a good percentage, you know, in 2021. Free of the burden of expectation, we're coming back to that line again. You're looking for ball players right now. And if you have to cycle through a handful of guys to find a Philip Evans, then that's what you do. We could talk about, you know, how bad Miguel Del Pozo is, but you know what? Sam Howard was basically in the same boat as Del Pozo. You had to go through Del Pozo to get Sam Howard, and Sam Howard is a capable, good left-handed pitcher to have in the bullpen. I'm not saying, you know, any, you know, he's this great guy, he's carrying the bullpen, but the bullpen is 
better with Sam Howard in it. The lineup, the roster is better with Philip Evans in it. And you can't you can't base everything just off of the off the failures. You have to look at if there are successes and there have been successes. Alfred wasn't one. As for his next step, he'll probably get claimed somewhere. I don't know if he's going to get a better opportunity to play every day than this. If he doesn't get claimed, that might actually be the best thing that could possibly happen to him. Get out right into Indianapolis. Right as the season gets started, get to work there. Play every day out there. There, Look, there's Jared Oliva. There's Travis Swaggerty. He could get reps in the outfield out there. I suspect Oliva's probably a little closer now that Alfred is off the roster. Dustin Fowler can't feel that particularly safe with his roster spot. Yes, he has looked better by comparison, but he has not been good either. So Dustin Fowler is a guy that I I can't imagine. Maybe we'll see some of this Tom guy. I'll be honest, he's new. I really don't know that much about him at the time of recording. I'm sure we're going to get a look, though. Nothing, you know, particularly shocking there. This was supposed to be Alfred's job. And there are a couple days in spring where it just looked like he got it. Maybe that's just why he's this perpetual, perpetual underachieving prospect. That we all saw the flashes. And there wasn't anything substantial behind it afterwards. He put in work. He put in work with that swing, and that's what makes it so disappointing. Like, I never thought, and I, I, I'm glad I gave myself that out in the mountain visit, saying, like, look, this isn't a recipe for guaranteed success. Eckstein's high on him, but, you know, it's... <laughs> It's not any, we've seen him make adjustments and, you know, still struggle in the past. He could just be making more adjustments and continuing to struggle. That's what ended up happening. I didn't expect it to end this way for him. I, I am not shocked that it ended with him hitting, you know, below 100. I, in striking out a ton. I am surprised that he went down looking. That is going to stick, I think, for a while, at least with me. And whenever, you know, the Pirates talk about giving players opportunities, like Miguel Del Pozo burned out in a glorious flame. But damn it, we're going to remember Miguel Del Pozo. I don't know if we're going to remember Anthony Alford in that regard. Thank you for listening to the podcast to be named later here on DK Sports Radio. If you haven't already, and you really should if you haven't, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, on iTunes, on Spotify, on Megaphone, wherever you get them. Be sure to do it. we got a lot of great shows coming up here, including on Saturdays whenever Jared Prugar, the minor league writer here at DK Pittsburgh Sports, and I, we talk some prospects in the system. It's always fun. But for now, thank you for listening, and we'll talk again next week.